I'm not a very corporate guy. My people are. Everyone feels like a kid in a candy shop when they come into our store, no matter how old they are. I always say where there is sugar, there should be flavored sugar. I'm Richard Gerhart. And I'm Elizabeth Gerhart. You've just heard some snippets from our show. It was a sweet show. Stay tuned for the rest. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. I'm Richard Gearhart, founder of Gearhart Law, full service intellectual property law firm. And I'm Elizabeth Gearhart, not a lawyer, but I work at Gearhart Law doing the marketing and I have my own startup. Welcome to Passage to Profit, everyone. The show that's all about entrepreneurship, small businesses, and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. We have Mike Rose from Academy Services Group. He's an amazing guy, amazing businessman, and really, really funny too. So. And a Gearheart Law client. And a Gearheart Law client. We had him on the show before and we didn't really do him justice. So we brought him back because we wanted to hear more. Absolutely. <laughs> He's a repeat offender, as we say in the business. And then after Mike, I said this is a sweet show when at the beginning. It is a sweet show because we have... Rachel Kellner and Mark Libertini with Agner Chocolates in Queens, New York. And then we have Carolyn Barbright with Java Melts, which is a coffee sweetener. So this is our sweet show. Quite a bit of good wordplay there. Thank but you. before we get to our distinguished guests, it's time for IP in the news. And we're going to get into a kind of a weird trademark dispute. It's taking place in Colorado. Two different restaurants are using the term campfire. And the first one is called Campfire Evergreen, and the other restaurant is called Colorado Campfire. The funny thing is, if you look at the logos, there are some similarities, but they're mostly different, in my opinion. The only sort of similar feature is a picture of a campfire in each logo. And the script is kind of the same with the campfire word, but they're both restaurants, but they serve different <clears throat> food and they're in different places in Colorado. So I'm kind of scratching my head as a trademark person looking at this and saying, well, is, I mean, first of all, campfire evergreen versus Colorado campfire. The words are in different places in the names and the test for trademark infringement is similarity in sight, sound, and meaning. They look different. They sound different to me. And Colorado campfire sounds like a campfire in Colorado. Campfire Evergreen sounds like you're, I don't well, know. Well, it's actually in, in Evergreen, Colorado. But the really funny thing about this is that people are genuinely confused between the two restaurants. Well, so that's what they, they say. They say they're... that there's a lot of people calling one restaurant expecting to get the other. Customers would place an online order with Colorado Campfire mistakenly show up at Campfire Evergreen to retrieve it. This is what Colorado Campfire general manager said. So there's still phone calls calls confusing the two eateries. All I can think of is that people have imbibed substances before they look <laughs> It is in Colorado <laughs> after right. all. So, and when you're hungry, you don't really pay that much attention, right? No, but they are suing for trademark infringement. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But the other thing, Richard, that I found was interesting, and you can tell me about this, Colorado campfires filed for a trademark on the national trademark register, but they're only in Colorado. So, so can 
can they even get a national trademark if they're just doing business in Colorado? Well, if they are just doing business in Colorado, they can. If you want a federal trademark registration, you have to be doing business in interstate commerce. So I think the takeaway is just be careful what you name your company and try not to get confused with anything else. But I do want to also give credit to the person who wrote this article. It was on Westward. It's Denver's independent source of local news and culture. And the author was Amy Antonation. They published it on August 8th. Anyway, it's time for Richard's Roundtable. After all of that, I really hope that you have a few comments. Mike, what do you make of all of this? Uh, I think it's Colorado, right? You know, hey, I mean, <laughs> legal, people are getting confused. You know, like, <laughs> that is what it is. Carolyn, what are your thoughts? I actually think if I had a business that was experiencing something similar that the restaurants are, I would turn the negative into a positive and I would look for a solution rather than blame somebody else. Clearly, the names are not in the same order. There's a lot of differences. People are in such a hurry that they aren't really truly paying attention. We're all in a very distracted world. So I just feel that if I were the restaurant owner, and I hope maybe they might be chiming in or somebody who knows them, take the negative and try to figure out what the solution can be. Names are really important. So that was a great discussion. With us, Mike Rose, founder of the Academy Service Group, Amazing Pest Control, Heritage Fire Security, National Cleaners, Paint Folks, and Veterans Worldwide Maintenance. So really, Mike has got his hands into a lot of different pies. And he says here that he graduated from the School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> <laughs> which knowing Mike, I think is spot on. So welcome to the show, Mike. First of all, how do you manage all of these different companies? And the reason I ask is that there are a lot of entrepreneurs that have several ventures instead of just one. So how do you manage to manage multiple companies? Who says they're managed well? <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Um, actually, we do very well. Um, I have some great people with me um, right outside my office. I sit in a clear glass office and I'm looking at a call center. I have a president. I have a full corporate structure, operations, HR. I have people that have been with me 22 years, 23 years since the beginning of when I went into the national business. And I trust them and they trust me. I also, I'm a firm believer in treat people the way you want to be treated. Sometimes that works out very well. Sometimes it doesn't work out very well. People do take advantage of that sometimes. But the management of the businesses, I watch my KPIs, my key performance indicators. I know what I'm looking at. I'm checking balances, watching the revenue streams, watching the client base come and go, watching employees, watching their attitudes, watching all these things. And we just kind of make it work. But you know what it is, is I'm a people person and, and I like to trust people and I like to believe in people. And this has got me very far. Well, let me ask you a question on that because that's very interesting. I tend to approach my business the same way. I would rather trust people and get screwed once in a while as opposed to trust nobody because I just don't think that that's an effective business strategy. But Correct. if you do find yourself in the position of trusting somebody that you shouldn't, how do you deal with that emotionally? Does it bother you? I use it as energy, right? Um, when somebody does something very negative to my business or, or my my revenue or something my, to a client, obviously I disperse them, they're gone. And then I just use it as more energy because I think that the best way to get even with somebody or an adversary or somebody that attacks you is to just become more successful. And, and I grab that and, and I just focus and I just keep driving, driving, driving. And then I look in the rearview mirror and they're sitting back there driving a, uh, 
you know, 1986 Impala station wagon and I'm driving a brand new Ferrari. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, we have some notes on you from our assistant who's amazing. Uh And there are a few phrases that you like to say. The one that I like out of these is watch me do it. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you say when somebody says, oh, that can't be done or you can't do that? Yeah. So it can be done. And, you know, people are, are constantly, they can't do this. They can't do this. They can't do that. I'm a firm believer in anything can be done if you, if you work hard enough and if you just put your mind to it. Like right now, for example, my personal weight loss, my daughter got married two weeks ago and I, I was big. I was a big guy. I was 326 pounds, almost 330 pounds. I said, I'd get to 275 by the wedding. Um, I gave myself six months. I got down to 280. Now I'm lower than that. I'm lower than the 275 I meant to be at two weeks. Now my new goal is 260. I'm just going to keep driving towards these goals until I hit them. And, you know, the business is affording me the ability to be able to do that because of the management team. I could leave here at three o'clock, go out to a trainer and have be trained and and get all get all tough and strong. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you look so, pretty big there. Uh, yeah, it's six one. You know, I mean, I'm, a big guy. I'm not a small guy, but it is what it is. You know. I'm curious because, as you said, you've sold companies and done very well in business. Where did you start? Probably when I was about 11 years old. My dad was big into fireworks. He loved fireworks, right? So in the basement of our house, um, you know, come around May, June, he would start receiving cases and cases of firecrackers, bottle rockets, Roman candles. We all know what they are, right? Mm-hmm. He yeah. was bringing them in. I was selling them out the back door for cash at 11. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had seven boxes of these. You only got five now, dad. Sorry. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so I just started hustling fireworks. And then um, I think it was 15. My brother-in-law had a uh, an older Chevy pickup truck and, and he was selling it and he was getting like 200 bucks for it. So I gave him the $200 and I started driving that around my hometown at 15 cutting people's lawns and just doing things for them. And I started to get, you know, business. I started to raise money and I, I started to deposit money in the bank. My fellow's like, what are you doing? What is this? And I said, dad, I got a business. I had like 75, 80 accounts where I was cutting people's lawns in my neighborhood. And the way I did that was I went around and I wrote down on a piece of paper, high school graduate, soon to be looking to save money for college. And not that I planned on going to college. Like I just told you, I hated school. <laughs> so I stuck this in their mailboxes and everybody felt like, wow, they were helping this young man get to college. So it just worked out really, really well. And then just things like that always worked out for me. And just, you know, if you always give people what they want, you'll always be happy and they will too. That's great advice. So if you were starting a business now, what are like the key things that an entrepreneur should be thinking about before they take the leap? So there's different websites out there that I use all the time. Number one is I always want to make sure I could get the URL for what I want to do. I, I love having my name as my URL. Like if you went through each of my URLs, they're all my company name, amazingpestcontrol.com, heritagefiresecurity.com, nationwidecleaners.com, veteransworldwidemaintenance.com. And they're all tied into the academyservicegroup.com. And you have to have that URL and you have to have a nice vanity phone number. So there's another website that I use to find these vanity phone numbers, like 1-800-GOT-MILK. If you're, if you're selling milk, you want that phone number, right? People, it's easy to remember. So little things like that help me get along. And then the other thing is really knowing where you want to go before you even start. I can't drive to California without a roadmap. I know 80, Route 80 is going to take me from Jersey to California. But if I don't have the roadmap, once I get to California, where am I going to go from there? Do I want to go to Venice? Do I want to go up to San Francisco? Do I want to go down to San Diego? I need to understand what my end goal is. I back into equations all the time. Like I want to make 5 million this year. How am I going to do that? Where am I going to get that revenue from? Where am I going to get that money from? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And then I just back into it. And that gives me the map. 
And, and it just seems to work for me. It may not work for everybody, but it works for me. And having unbelievable energy and sleeping like four hours a night always helps too. And I'm sure both our groups here of entrepreneurs, Carolyn and Rachel and Mark, they're going through the same thing I've been through where there's sleepless nights, there's worrying about shipments, there's worrying about products, there's worrying about employees, there's worrying about your two-year-old that, that got sent home from school yesterday, there's worried about your 17-year-old that who knows who she's dating today or whatever it may be, you know, so you got to worry. But the funny thing is that I had a corporate job before I started Gerhardt Law and I worried then too. It was just oh, about yeah. different things. So if you're taking your work seriously and you care about what you do, you can't get away from it no matter what you do. And if you're not worrying about your job, you're worrying about your health or you're worrying about your family, the worry's always going to be there. So you just got to kind of accept it and power through it. You get a bad night's sleep, you just got to power Pretty through it and do as much as you can. And you can't give up, Richard. You can never, ever give up. Yeah. Mike Rose from Academy Services Group, Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. We'll be back after this. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by Anonymous attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And our special guest, Mike Rose, who is just amazing. And during the break, we had people talking about how Mike can mentor people in need that they know. <laughs> Mike, Mike's going to have his hands <laughs> Mike, full after this show. Mike's getting hit from all different directions. <laughs> but, but we have some more questions for Mike. Mike is a very successful entrepreneur, if you haven't been listening, and he's built and sold companies with just a high school education, and he has formed teams that are very effective. So Mike, you're giving advice to entrepreneurs. I kind of want to ask you, how important is the marketing to what you do? It's important. I mean, I don't have anybody that does just marketing, right? So I don't have the most glorious of LinkedIn pages or Facebook things or Instagram things. I'm old school. I pick up the phone and I call a prospective client and I tell them what I can do for them and I lay it out for them real easy. And then I'll follow up with an email and then I'll just continually call up and follow up and, and I'll eventually win the business. I know a lot about what it is that I do and I know how to save people money because I've been doing this very long. I'm not a young man. I'm not an old man. I'm just a, a fired up man. I am like juiced up and ready to go. Marketing has its place in America, but I don't sell like that that candy chocolate or or that flavored sugar where it's a product. I have to sell based upon relationships because what I got to do is like, let's say you were having a problem with your air conditioning system in your building and mm -hmm. it became very uncomfortable with you. No marketing in the world is going to help you cool down that house, right? You have to get somebody out there. They have to check the leak. They have to fix whatever the problem is and they got to get it working. Once I do that for you and I give you a fair price, and my technicians are educated, they're clean, they're neat, they're considerate, the pricing is fair. 
you come back every time. And it's simple. All you got to do is treat people the way you want to be treated. And that goes not only to your employees, but that goes to the client base. You're not going to get rich on any one person. And if you beat somebody up over the head, they're going to go away. It's like if you pick up the little frog in the garden when you're a kid. My grandfather told me, you keep picking up that frog, he's never going to come back. He's just going to go away because he doesn't want to be picked up by you. So, you know, you just got to treat people with respect, whether it's a frog or anything, and just keep driving. And marketing, I mean, websites are important. Marketing, the phone numbers are important. You got to have that stuff so people can find you. But I, I'm a different kind of salesperson. I just get it done. I just go out and sell, you know. And if somebody says no, I that's okay. You could say no today, but you're going to say yes tomorrow. I got to <laughs> ask you something that's a personal interest of mine. <laughs> so, do you do generator maintenance? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> All right. So. so now I'm going to tell you a secret to my success. All right. Ready? Here it comes. All right. I do nothing. Okay. I have all these people that work for me. I have business from here to Hawaii, from here to London, up in Canada, Tijuana, parts of Puerto Rico. And I have four technicians that drive trucks. Everything I do, I hire another company to do my work. I subcontract out my work to other companies. So for example, with your generator maintenance, I have a guy that does my properties, M&M. I would send him to you. He would charge you, let's say, 500 bucks. I'll charge you 150 on top of that. So you would see a bill of $650. It'll be on schedule because with Generac generators and the Kohler generators, you have to change that oil once a year. Otherwise, you can seize the motor. You have to make sure your battery is charged. Otherwise, it won't start. You got to make sure you disconnect, switch downstairs in the basement or wherever it may be. It's all clean and all the contacts are good. Otherwise, if there's an emergency the generator won't start. It takes five minutes to explain things to people so that they understand why they're doing it. Nobody likes to pay for something and they don't understand why they're paying for it. So many times I've had people come to my own house, not my technicians, but for example, my pool guy comes to the house. I have a leaky pipe in the back or something's wrong with the application. They come, they don't even tell me they were there. They just send me a bill like 30 days later. And I, I don't even know what they did. And it still doesn't work right. And I'm, I get upset with that because you didn't inform me of what you were doing. You didn't do exactly what I wanted you to do. So communication is really, really huge. It's the best way to be. I mean, I don't know how these guys do it where they don't communicate. That bothers me. It really does. I can't let the segment go without asking you, Mike. Do you have any intellectual property? So, yeah, I have a couple of things that are very near and dear to my businesses that, that really make a difference, right? Um, the one thing is, is that how I originally met Richard Gearhart um, was he helped me with a patent idea I came up with on a uh, range hood fire suppression system. And Richard was awesome, man. I got to tell you, I've dealt with other patent attorneys before, but this guy helped make it easy for me. He really did. And I'm not just saying this because you're here, Richard. I would say this. I've said this to other people about you, that he was really very helpful with the drawings, with the, with the documentation, with nailing every piece of this patent down so that nobody could come and just take it away from me. So that was well-spent money, and I was very happy to do it. And I've not been challenged or ripped off yet. So that's pretty cool. The business itself has other intellectual things like fire alarm software. We have some proprietary stuff that's very just us, and we only have access to it, the programming codes and things like that. So those are protected very well. Before we jump off, though, I did want to say thanks for those kind remarks, Mike. And I have to say that I thoroughly enjoyed working with you. So you're a great client as well as a great business guy. So yeah, thanks you know. very check much for clear, that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that makes a difference. <laughs> well, we're still waiting for a few things here and there, but... <laughs> I'm so happy, man. I was wondering about that one. <laughs> anyway, we've got to jump off now for another commercial. 
Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt, our special guest, the one, the only, Mike Rose. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley's the Inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our special guest, Mike Rose. He's just been a barrel of fun. We're going to move on now to Fireside. This is Elizabeth's weekly no, Fireside update. It's, it's not update. Fireside anymore. I'm what? Sorry. What happened? Well, the trademark office said there were too many trademarks that had Fireside that could maybe be close. So they're sitting on it, waiting to see what these other trademarks do. But I don't want to be fighting people over my trademark. So I'm going to change the name. So I have an advantage. I'm not a trademark attorney. I would only do this for myself. I would never do it for anybody else. But I could go research trademarks myself on the USPTO site. And so I'm looking at names. I'm looking to Mike's point at the URLs and also at the trademarks. I'm in this group. It's a peer advisory board. And one of the guys in the group came up with a name that I think is going to work. So we were talking about trademarks earlier. You could have intent to use. So if you think of a trademark you want to use, you can file as intent to use. And then you have to go back and do all this other stuff when you start using it. I think it's just easier to start using it, right? And just file it. Yeah, I think if you can do that, then that's a great way to go. I do have one other thing I want to say. I want to give a shout out to this incredible lawyer in New Jersey that I know. His name is Richard Gearhart. So there's a, a New Jersey publication called ROI New Jersey, and they decided to start a list of influencers in the state. And for their first time doing it, it's a relatively new publication. They chose lawyers. What they said is these are the best of the best attorneys in New Jersey. And Richard made the list. Yay. Yay. Well, so it, shout out to Richard for well, being the best of the best. Well, thank you. It was an honor. And I'm not exactly sure how they found me, but I'm glad that they did. So congratulations, Richard. So now on to, I know the sweet segments everybody's been waiting for. We're going to talk to Rachel Kellner and Mark Libertini now with Agner Chocolates. And as I said before, they make the kind of chocolates that I really like the best. And they're in Queens. So I'm not going to say anymore. I'm going to let them talk about them. Welcome. Thank you so much for having us. We're so thrilled to be here today. So my name is Rachel and I am one of the co-owners of Eigner Chocolates and we make and sell really delicious chocolate and we spread joy and hope to communities through the magic of our chocolate. Eigner Chocolates is one of the oldest chocolate shops in all of New York City. It was established back in 1930. Our chocolate makes you look young, as you can tell, and skinny. Skinny <laughs> and young. I better start uh, eating it today. <laughs> wow, it's a miracle chocolate. Yeah. Isn't it? It's incredible, right? Um, so all of our chocolate is actually made in-house in the exact same place that it's been made for the last 92 years using antique equipment 
and recipes that have been passed down through the generations. These are Austrian style chocolates. The recipes that we're using have been used for the last 60 years. So we focus on helping our clients make an impression, build relationships and retain their clients by offering year round corporate gifting. So that's where our focus is. But as you can imagine, 92 years of business, We have customers that are in their 80s that have been coming to us for a really, really long time. And so we are thrilled to be able to carry on this tradition, help start new ones. And we feel incredibly grateful for the risks that we took to to take over (laughs) this business. And we'll share more about that with you a little bit later. There have been a lot of them. That's great. Can I ask a question? This is the first time I've actually spoken with a chocolatier. What's the difference between good chocolate and grocery store chocolate? There's a lot of factors that go into it. One of the biggest factors is the actual type of cocoa bean. Some are better than others. I don't want to get too technical, but there's a lot of chocolate grown. Ivory Coast produces the most chocolate out of every country. And then the second most is Ghana. So between those two countries, Africa produces about 75 to 80% of the world's chocolate. There is uh, a lot of great chocolate being grown in Central and South America. There's chocolate being grown you know, in Asia. For me, Anytime you can get a chocolate bar that the cocoa is sourced from Central America, South America, you're going to be doing yourself a favor. You you know, you're going to get good chocolate. We blend all of our chocolate. We get European chocolate and we get Ecuadorian chocolate. We're trying to stay true to the brand that they've been selling chocolate for 90 years. Elizabeth, you like German Austrian style chocolate, which is a Mm -hmm. lot different than say a French truffle or Belgian chocolate or Italian chocolate. Swiss chocolate is very specific type of chocolate. You know, what makes an Austrian German style chocolate is the fact that we use a lot of nuts. We make our own marzipans, a lot of cream fillings, a lot of traditional type fillings, confectioner type fillings. So it's different than say a French bonbon or a French truffle that's fresh cream that has a shelf life of a week or two. You know, we do those types of truffles also, but it's not our bread and butter. I would say our biggest seller is probably our pistachio marzipan, which we've been making the same way since, I don't know, the 60s, 50s or 60s. And we have one piece of equipment that is about 70 years old that we make our marzipan on and the recipe is designed to make the marzipan on this specific piece of equipment that's very difficult to get it repaired if it does break thank goodness it hasn't broken in a while knock so. on some wood for us guys yeah, <laughs> yeah we're no, like, well, next time we're in new york so we used to go into new york all the time but of course with covid we really got out of the habit we don't go in that often but i told richard i want to hop over to queens and go to your store but i did look at your website for maybe christmas time right mm-hmm. you'll be able to ship then mm-hmm. and I love your website because there's so many choices. Mm -hmm. You can get dark, you can get milk, you can get this, you can get that, and you can kind of mix and match and put together what you want. You know, it's interesting because I feel like uh, everyone feels like a kid in a candy shop when they come into our store, no matter how old they are. And sometimes the choices can be paralyzing, you know, like, (laughs) like, it's like, why do I pick? Like, you know, and and I'll say to them, like, this is a big decision, right? And they're like, yeah, you know, it is like, they really, so, so choices are great. And yes, we make a wide variety of products, but also that can make it challenging. You know, the wonderful thing is that we're open 365 days a year because we have a website And we only close our store, our retail location in Forest Hills, Queens, two days a year. 
So you can pick something different every single day of the year, and then you'll get to try everything. That's a perfect solution, right? Isn't it? <laughs> we should send it to Mike now. Mike, but what do you think? I'm thinking, I got to tell you, what I'm thinking is they got to start a chocolate of the day club. And what uh -huh. happens is for a little fee of $14.95 uh -huh. a day, we'll send you a piece of chocolate every day, which eliminates all that pain. I don't know who will sign up for that, but if you would like to be, you know, we are planning on rolling out chocolate subscriptions and like a chocolate of the month, just like wine of the month. Michael, you could be our first customer. I'm going to be in your store tomorrow. So I did want to mention something, you know, we talked about risks and entrepreneurs taking those risks and, you know, just to share with you our story about how we took over the chocolate shop. So my husband was driving down Metropolitan Avenue and he's a pastry chef and it was always his dream to open a chocolate shop. And he went in to buy me chocolate and there was a for sale sign on the window. And if you know anything about my husband, he met with the owners that day. And I walked in the door and I saw financials on the kitchen table and we had a quite colorful conversation. <laughs> he realized that maybe the timing wasn't so great. That being said, we weighed out the pros and cons. And four weeks later, we bought the business. And then four weeks after that, we opened 10 days before Halloween of 2015. So it really was quite a unbelievable story, but it really did happen. And it goes back to taking risks. Rachel, that's a great story. You have another story about what you did for people during COVID too. You know, again, kind of taking lemons and making into lemonade. We were actually burglarized during the pandemic and it ended up being one of the best things that ever happened to us. It really helped us get clear on our mission and what our values are. And so during the pandemic, we did a few things. One of which is I started an informal business alliance on Metropolitan Avenue. It's called Metro Village of Forest Hills, and it's comprised of about 40 businesses, other, you know, mom and pop shops that have been on the avenue. Some of them are even older than us. So we have brought holiday lights back to the avenue after 35 years. We have our second annual community day. It's a streetwide scavenger hunt that incorporates 30 businesses. And those are just a few of the things that we're doing with Metro village. But the other thing that we did, and I would say it's probably our proudest moment at Eigner Chocolates is during the pandemic, kids were drawing pictures of rainbows and they were putting them on their windows so that other kids could go out and have a rainbow hunt. Since there wasn't really much to do, kids were going out on walks with their families. So the pandemic hit right before Easter and we had an enormous amount of chocolate in our showroom. And one of the great things about chocolate is, is that it, there's no waste. You can always melt it back down but we decided to do something different with it. We created the rainbow bunny exchange. And so we asked kids to draw pictures of rainbows and include messages of hope to frontline workers. And in exchange, we would give them a chocolate bunny pop. Our goal was to collect a hundred rainbows. We ended up collecting 315 rainbows. Mm. And so we donated 315 pops. If you go to Elmhurst hospital, which is only a few miles away from the chocolate shop, there is on permanent display a mural. It's a rainbow of rainbows from what we did. And then when the Omicron variant hit back in January, which it wasn't really that long ago, we decided to do flower power. We collected 1,503 pictures of flowers that went to pediatric units at hospitals across New York City. 
and we donated 1,503 Flower Pops. So throughout the pandemic, we've donated over $25,000 worth of chocolate. And that's why we say our mission really is to spread joy and hope to communities through the magic of our chocolate. Well, that's really sweet. I'm curious, uh, what did you used to do before this? I know I know. Mark used to be a pastry chef. So I am actually a licensed clinical social worker and I worked in drug addiction for 10 years. So my line is that I used to help people abstain and now I help enable addiction. <laughs> <laughs> and I owe I everything to my clients because they taught me all you need to do is give them the first one for free and you get them hooked for life. Yeah, sort of like Mike's theory of business, right? Do a good job the first time. I was going to ask you, what's your top seller? There's some debate about that. The pistachio marzipan, I think, is one of our big sellers. We do sell a lot of caramels. We make a phenomenal caramel and we do it in all different types of flavor combinations. So by volume, probably caramel. Excellent. So Rachel, can you please spell the name of your company and give the location? Sure. So it's Eigner Chocolates, like eyeball and ice cream. We get that mixed up a lot with other names and it's A-I-G-N-E-R Chocolates. And our website is pretty easy. It's EignerChocolates.com. Forest Hills, Queens on Metropolitan Avenue. In New York. I know we've been talking a lot about Carolyn and nobody's heard from her yet. Except for <laughs> She's her like the mystery guest. She's the mystery woman. The mystery so guest. Carolyn is also a Gearheart Law client and she's been on Passage to Profit before. So she's old hand at this, but she has Java melts, which I guess you all know is flavored sugars at this point. So Carolyn, can you please... Give us your two minute introduction about your company. Absolutely. My name's Carolyn Barbary, and I'm the founder and president of Java Melts Flavored Sugar. Java Melts Flavored Sugar are vegan, kosher, gluten-free, non-GMO, shelf-stable for three years and are in recyclable packaging. They're made from pure cane sugar and natural flavor. They come in four delicious gourmet flavors, hazelnut, mocha, French vanilla, and caramel. And we offer them in sugar packets in recyclable packaging, which I'm very happy about, and one and a half pound granulated pouch bags. So Java Milk's flavored sugar is not only just used for delicious gourmet coffees and teas, but now you can bake with them and create artisan cocktails and more. So I thought of Java Melts on Valentine's Day in 2016. I was having a cup of coffee with my husband and he offered to go get me a specialty cup and it was cold here in New York. And I said, no, we'll just have coffee here. And alongside of me were individually wrapped caramel and marshmallow candy hearts. And I had my aha moment. I picked one up, which is now Java Melts flavored sugar. And I said, wouldn't it be amazing if I could open this up and drop it into my coffee or tea and instantly have a European inspired gourmet flavored specialty coffee without having to go anywhere, without having the expense of five or six dollars or maybe even seven by now. And my brain just, it exploded. So here I am. I have three daughters, Danielle, Kelly, and Jessica. I'm a proud mom. And I have a family crest on all of my packaging has their initials DKJ with a little heart for my love for my family and also symbolizing the day that I thought of Java Milk's Flavored Sugar on Valentine's Day. I am a certified woman-owned company and I'm just so beyond blessed to have this opportunity. So thank you. Yeah, Carolyn, I'm looking at the write-up and I, something just occurred to me. So during the summer, Richard sometimes likes to make martinis and you have to make the simple sugar for it. Mm -hmm. Cause I see you said cocktails here. These would be awesome in simple sugars, right? 
Yeah, so you can make simple syrup is made with one part water and one, two or three parts of our flavored sugar. You can simply make it at home and you could sugar rim the cocktail glasses. I always say where there is sugar, there should be flavored sugar. You could even make confectioner's sugar out of Java Milk's flavored sugar by just adding cornstarch in a blender and blend it a minute or two and it's done. You could have flavored whipped creams and creme brulee and pancakes and flavored waffles and crepes and it just goes on and on and on so i always say homemakers bakers baristas and bartenders either professionally trained or self-taught all you do-it-yourselfers out there java melt should be a staple in any home or place of business for sure right i could see sprinkling this on christmas cookies the sugar Absolutely. cookies Java Melt product has evolved because it used to be cubes, right? It used yeah. cubes of sugar and it, it was mostly for drinks, but now changing it opens up a whole new world of possibilities, right? Absolutely. So I started out on 2016. I launched 2017, which is pretty lightning fast for a brand new company launching a new concept. So I'm very proud of that. But originally, our patent pending is on the original formulation where Java melts were individually wrapped like little pieces of chocolate. And mm -hmm. they did really well. And I was a national award winner several times. And then when COVID hit, we actually lost the entire company. Our original manufacturer went out of business because he couldn't stay open. He helped me find a second manufacturer. They stopped producing for us because their primary business was growing exponentially. So, you know, we talk about resilience and we talk about, you know, Mike and Rachel, like facing adversity and rising above it and not quitting. So while that was happening, and as well as my Amazon site was shut down during the fourth quarter, which is our busiest season, of course, I literally was treading water. I was going under, I, I pivoted, I shifted gears. I didn't let anybody see me sweat. I just stayed quiet. And I said, okay, Carolyn, we have to do something and we have to do it quick. So while my original company and my original product was faltering, I decided to, and by the grace of God, I was able to do it very resourceful. I asked for help. I literally reached out to anybody and everybody that I knew. And I said, you know, I can't quit now. I have three amazing daughters. And what would I be teaching them if I decided to stop now. Like, I know that I have something special. I am first to market. I am beyond proud of all of my milestones. Entrepreneur Magazine, Passage to Profit, multiple times, so grateful. QVC, Joy Mangano's America's Big Deal. I was live on television in front of millions of people. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to dig my heels in. And we came out with a better version. I'm kosher. I'm pure cane sugar and natural flavors. There's no additives. I have recyclable packaging. It's just a better product. So I didn't focus on the negative. I just said, okay, what are my goals? And I have to come out bigger, better, and stronger than before. And here I am. That's an amazing story. That is so inspiring. And when you went on America's Big Deal, you were really sick. Yeah. They actually thought I had shingles. So America's Big Deal was, in fact, a big deal. And I have to shout out a special thank you to USA Network, Joy Mangano, Scott Evans. Just an incredible experience. And I was really stressed out. They moved my show up. 
up and I had to get my product packaged and ready and shipped many weeks before I originally had to. So I broke out with this awful rash on my face and they didn't know what it was. I went to a doctor, went to another doctor. They're like, oh, it's shingles. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. And they put me on an abundance of different medications, steroids and antivirals. And I was a complete mess. So I just said, okay, the show must go on. So I have this incredible makeup artist here on Long Island. She's another female entrepreneur. I would love to introduce her to you. And I called her up literally in tears. And I said, could you please do my makeup for the show? I'm going to get special permission because I, without feeling beautiful, I'm going to be in front of millions of people. I, I need your help. And she made me look absolutely perfect. You would never know. They put me in the green room. They kept me separated from everybody. I was really like just in a state and I wasn't feeling well because they put me on all this medication and anybody who knows taking medicine and then being under regular stress, but then adding additional stress. But I did it. That's me. I take the impossible and I say I'm possible. I do have to say getting a rash on my face would be a huge deterrent, but you overcame that obstacle. And that's what's so amazing about this. I don't think anything's going to stop you. And I just have to say, what are you doing for marketing? Where are you selling this now? Since I launched the new product line of Java Mills Flavored Sugar, probably the spring of last year, I started out slow and social media has been really a blessing for me. I grew my Instagram from 960 followers last year to 10,100 followers to date. Wow. And I get up every morning and I have a team, an amazing team. They see my vision and I direct them and I do everything that I possibly can do for myself because I have limited funds. I am bootstrapped and I definitely took a huge hit during COVID. Thank God all three of my daughters were through college at that time. So I'm only responsible for myself and my husband respectively. So I just work tirelessly getting the word out there. I have over 14,000 connections on LinkedIn. I'm very, very proud of the people that I've met on LinkedIn. And I'm just a go-getter. I have a business consultant who said to me when he first met me, he's like, Carolyn, your biggest asset is your energy and your willingness to put yourself out there without any regard of any negativity. So I've gotten a gazillion no's and some of the no's are now turning into yeses, which is my biggest accomplishment to date. Java Melts is available on javamelts.com. I am proudly on Amazon Prime and my rating is a 4.1 out of 5 organically, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. And I would speak in front of 10,000 people, a million people, you could put me in a stadium and I, I've got it. Like no problems, no questions asked. I take advantage of every opportunity I can get. I always help people get to where they want to be. And I really am a firm believer in paying it forward and showing my daughters that life isn't about just creating products, but life is about people and connecting them and sharing experiences and making this world a better place for everybody. 
I also offer Java Melts on wholesale sites such as Fair, Mabel, and Bulletin. And I am proud to say that I just got into the Aramark healthcare system and Java Melt is being offered at area hospitals in Pennsylvania and New Jersey to start. And the feedback right now is people love the product, the healthcare workers and the families that are visiting the hospitals waiting for their loved ones. They bring them to their loved ones. And, you know, it's pure cane sugar and natural flavor, the aroma and the taste is second to none. And it just makes me feel good that one packet at a time, one cup of coffee, one baked good at a time, like I'm enriching people's lives and showing them that you can do anything that you set your mind to. Excellent. And you have four flavors right now, hazelnut, mocha, French vanilla, and caramel. Which one is your top seller? Caramel. Oh, you and the Eigner chocolates. Everybody loves caramel. Well, thank you, Carolyn. So again, it's javamelts.com. Passage to Profit, Road to Entrepreneurship with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our special guest, Michael Rose, and we will be right back after these messages. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearhart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearhartLaw.com. At Gearhart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. It has been a really great show, I think. I just a really sweet show. It's been sweet. Yes, I really love the energy that all of our guests have brought to the program. But before we sign off, we have our question of the week. The question this week is, what's the best advice you've ever gotten from anyone? Regular listeners of the show will recognize that last week, the question was, what, what was is the, the worst, worst advice? advice? So this week is what's the best advice? So Mike, you're on the hot seat first. It's real simple. Don't buy it unless you can afford it. That's okay. a good one. Yeah. I like that. So have you always followed that advice? 100%. I built all my companies with absolutely zero debt, zero financing, all self-funded, paid COD cash every time. You are probably like 1% of people in the world. 
world to do that. Yeah, something I learned from my dad. I used to borrow money from him to go out on a Friday, like 50 bucks. And, you know, at that site, I maybe made 200 bucks a week. Saturday, I'd borrow another 50 bucks. Monday, I'd get paid. I'd hit into my paycheck and I had nothing for the rest of the week. So I learned never borrow. Just don't buy it unless you can afford it. And I've done that with every one of my cars, my houses. Like I said, everything I want. You probably don't have too many bankers as friends. Uh, <laughs> actually, actually, that's not true at all. I am solicited by dozens of private equity companies every single day. I wouldn't I be have, surprised. Ever since that first deal I did, it was a huge deal. They want me to run their companies. They want me to take over things for them. They want to buy my company. But it's just, I'm a young man. I, I'm only 60. I got a lot of time left, man. I got at least, you know, 40 years left. So hopefully know? more. So, yeah. I'll be, I'll be good with 40. It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. So Rachel you know? and Mike, what was the best advice you ever got? We were trying to make a decision about whether to buy the business. And my brother who's in finance said to me, you can go to therapy and work on the resentment you'll feel towards Mark if you say yes to this opportunity and it doesn't work out, but you cannot control if he resents you for the rest of your life, if you say no to this opportunity of buying the chocolate shop. And he was right. If I didn't say yes, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to all of you today. And so I think it's really important to recognize that the only one that you can control, the only one that you really have power over in, in your life is you. And if you go to enough therapy, you can process it all. <laughs> and if you're in enough therapy, you know, individual, couple, business coaching, you could be smiling too while you're being. <laughs> so great. That's precious. So, so yeah. Carolyn, best advice. This is a tough question for me, actually, because I'm normally the person that gives people advice more than I seek to receive it. So I'm struggling struggling with the best advice that I've gotten from people, but I am probably going to say when you feel defeated, use the defeat to feed your willingness and your drive to propel you forward. So I have a mentor that has seen me broken over COVID and a few other things. And I said, I know I'm close, but I'm affecting other people in my life. Um, giving up family vacations because like Mike said, if you can't afford it, you don't go. So I'm giving up a lot, sacrificing a lot today so I could live like other people can't the rest of their life, right? So I feel that when you have negativity, it's almost like the slingshot is pulling you back. That's how I envisioned what he was telling me. And I would lay in bed at night and I would say, it's bad, it might get worse and you've been through worse, but count your blessings. You have your health, you have a roof over your head, you have a family and friends and colleagues that love you and respect you. You can do this. And now I feel like that slingshot is so pulled back that when I let it go and it's like ready, I'm like the boulder on top of the hill right now, that the view from the top is going to be undeniably worth all the sacrifice that I've put me and my family. And I am very grateful that my family has not allowed me to give up because of them, because my husband, mm -hmm. especially I thank him every day. And he's like, Carolyn, I believe in you. You're going to make this work in such a big way. So just hang in there. That would be something that I would want other people to believe too and grow from. Excellent. Well, that's great. Thank you. Richard. Yeah. 
Well, I think there's like a common thread to what everybody has been talking about here. So one mentor of mine once told me, he said, if you want to be a better leader, work on yourself. That's really true. Leadership or success or whatever is, in my opinion, all about how you grow and develop as a person. And that gives you different skills. It gives you better relationships. And I think that that is probably the best advice that I've ever received. I think a really good piece of advice I got was actually from Richard when he was starting the firm and he was going through all this stuff. He said, you know, you really have to just listen to people. If you're going to get clients, if you're going to work with other people, don't go in their face and tell them how great you are, which is kind of what you tend to do, especially if you came from corporate where you're supposed to be impressing everybody all the time, right? Take a step back and really listen to what other people are saying and what they really want. And I think that's made him a successful attorney because he really listens to his clients instead of trying to say, well, you know, I'm like the greatest lawyer since sliced bread or whatever. So I think just really listening to people was a really great piece of advice. Did you listen to that? <laughs> I, heard, I heard that. <laughs> so, well, thank you for that. So, I, uh, those were great answers, everybody. You know, it really gets down to the human experience. So I'm going to go through everybody's website and how you can get a hold of them. Our guest was Mike Rose with MikeRose.com. I think that's pretty easy to spell, so I'm not going to spell <laughs> it out. Mike has a number of different companies and he can help you in a number of different ways. And the way he runs his companies is really great. It's transparent. You know what you're getting when you pay for something. So I would definitely go to Mike Rose. I'm definitely going to MikeRose.com after this show to find some services from him. And, and I really have to say, I've really enjoyed his powerful presence and his personality and his intelligence. I really right. like the way that that comes through on the show. And I'm sure it comes through in every aspect of his business and his life. Are we talking about this Mike Rose? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Absolutely. So that was Mike Rose. And Carolyn, you can find at javamelts.com. Java Melts flavored sugar. She's really making a splash. Ha ha ha. And can use it in all sorts of different it, products. All sorts of, I not just try coffee it, and tea, but everything. I want to try it in simple syrup for the cocktails. Yeah. I also want to put it on my Christmas cookies. That sounds great. And we had Rachel Kellner and Mark Libertini with Agner Chocolates, A-I-G-N-E-R Chocolates. They have a website, agnerchocolates.com. You can find them in Queens, New York. I'm a little scared to go into their shop because I imagine <laughs> <laughs> I'll come out five pounds heavier. Yeah, and they're made the old fashioned way by hand, right. right? I mean, what could be better than that? I thought that was a great show. So we need to sign off now for this week, but we'll return to the station next week with another episode of Passage to Profit. But before we go, I'd like to thank the Passage to Profit team, Noah Fleischman, our producer, Alicia Morrissey, our program director, and Mark Wilson, our syndication manager. Our podcast can be found tomorrow anywhere you find your podcast. Just look for the Passage to Profit show. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And and remember, while the information on this program is believed to be correct, never take a legal step without checking with your legal professional first. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week. Mm -hmm.